This is The Huddle. Sports, passion, positivity. Hello and welcome back to The Huddle. Here at The Huddle we like to focus on positive sports chat. We love to hear from sports people about their lives, their careers and how sport can have a positive impact on our communities. Our names are Otis, Elroy and Kingy. Today we are lucky enough to have Matt Todd with us. Matt is a former rugby union player, a rugby flanker who played more than 150 games for the Crusaders and 25 tests for the All Blacks and is currently an assistant coach for Canterbury. Welcome to the huddle, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Tell us about what growing up was like for you. Um, I grew up in Kaipoi, just sort of north of Christchurch there. Um, One older brother and, yeah, had a great childhood. Sort of grew up, I guess, around the rugby club, like loved uh, playing rugby from a young age. Got into it because my brother played and then, you know, just made friends through it. Um, You know, spent a lot of time, you know, even after school, going down there weekends, playing in the morning and spending all day down at the rugby club watching the older kids play and then even back down there on Sunday kicking the ball around. So, you know, I had a great great uh, childhood, really supportive parents and having an older brother, I guess, he kind of always pushed me. You know, he's sort of three years older, so you're always competitive and trying to catch up to him or outdo him. So, um, yeah, I was a good good childhood growing up. Yeah, it's like me and Otis, he's, he's three, years old, three years older than me. Who in your family is your biggest supporter and how do they support you? Uh, I guess probably my parents, just, you know, as a youngster growing up, um, you had to travel a lot for rugby, different trainings, and they always took me to wherever I needed and supported me and made sure I had everything I needed to, I guess, play and and, um, were always positive supporters for me. And, yeah, they would have spent hours driving me to different trainings growing up and different tournaments and whatnot, so... Without their support, you know, it certainly would have been a lot harder, that's for sure. Yeah. Did you play any other sports when you were younger? Yeah, growing up I played heaps, um, cricket, basketball, touch, you know, sort of anything I could do. I think, you know, as a young as a young kid, the more kind of sport you can get into, be involved in, the the better it kind of then helps you in rugby as well, that the skills are transferable from a, you know, whether it's a little skill you pick up doing some other sport to then transfer. So I'd always encourage any kids at a young age to you know, be involved in as many sports as possible, not to specialise in one, that's for sure. Yeah. What was like, apart from rugby, what was your favourite sport when you were playing? Uh, probably basketball, love playing basketball, um, even just, you know, shooting hoops. We had a basketball hoop at our house and just, you know, hours, especially in the school holidays, just shooting hoops. And it's one of those games you can kind of, even if you're just by yourself, you can, um, you know, spend hours shooting hoops and dribbling and that. So used to love playing basketball, watching basketball, um, you know, still do now to be able to watch it or, or just have a shoot around is always good fun. What team do you support in the NBL? NBA. NBA, sorry. Uh, Boston Celtics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's your favourite player? Uh, probably LeBron. Oh, yeah. LeBron. Yeah. Can't go wrong. What was your first memory of rugby? Probably just playing the backyard with my brother, to be fair. Um, you know, I guess that's where I kind of learned to get into rugby was playing with him in the backyard or down at the local park and then I started playing for the Kaipoi Rugby Club at, at eight years old um, and then, yeah, just loved it. Couldn't, you know, couldn't wait for training, you know, loved, loved going down there for the game and then hanging out there in the weekend and, you know, watching the other games there. So, yeah, I, but I guess I started just playing games in the backyard with my brother and then, you know, he was playing for Kaipoi so then I wanted to play for Kaipoi as well. 
Have you always been a flanker? No, when I was younger, I sort of bounced around everywhere. Was in the backs for a bit. It probably wasn't until I was kind of 13, 14 that I was a flanker or, or number eight, like in the loose forwards from then. But when I was younger, I tried an array of positions. I guess when you're young, you just sort of want to get the ball and run, so you're in the backs more. But as I got a bit older, I moved into the forwards and you have been there since I was sort of probably yeah, 13, 14. Oh, yeah. Uh, you went from playing to coaching. What's the hardest thing about that transition? Um, yeah, there's probably a few. I guess it's just kind of working out what's important for you as a coach. Like, you've only got so much time in the week or even in the pre-season, what's important to, or what's going to be crucial for you um, for that season or for that week. So getting the messaging right and putting your time into the area that you're going to kind of get the most pay for on the weekend. So working out that balance, working out what conversations you need to have, you know, what footage you need to show, it's sort of that balance of you don't want to show too much and then they remember nothing, but you need to show it enough that they've got a clear idea in that. So just working out, you know, how your week works, what's important in your week, what conversations you need to have, that kind of whole planning, execution, and then reviewing it, and then on the ne- onto the next week, that kind of flow. Is it, it takes, I guess, a while, you know, and I'm still working on it. Still, each week it's kind of different, you're learning, and, um, but you're just kind of finding that balance, I guess. Yeah. Do you have to get qualified as a coach? And what does that involve? Uh, I don't think you have to get qualified. I did, like, a coaching course. Um, I think there's world rugby levels of coaching, and I did a couple of courses. But, I don't know, like, it's not like you have to have a certain level to coach, I guess it's more around, uh, you know, your kind of knowledge and understanding of the game and, yeah, like, the people that pick the coaches obviously um, believed that I could could be a good coach and I did a little bit of Canterbury under-19s beforehand and then, um, you know, moved into coaching Canterbury, so, but yeah, there's no qualification or anything you need to have. Hi. You've played under some of the great coaches like Steve Hansen and Todd Blackadder. What makes a great coach? I think personally a great coach can connect with the players and, and a whole lot of different players. Obviously in a team you have a lot of people, a lot of different personalities, a lot of um, you know people that react differently to feedback, a lot of people that learn differently. So the, the better you are at being able to connect with those people, understand you know what makes them tick, how they, how you can get the best out of them. I think it's a massive one. Like it's a, it's a people business coaching. Uh, so the better you can connect with people and understand people, the, the better job you're going to do. Yeah. I love Canterbury, the Crusaders, and the All Blacks. What teams did you support when you were growing up? Those exact same teams. <laughs> I grew up in Canterbury, yeah, watching Canterbury, watching the Crusaders, and watching the All Blacks. So. To then be able to play for those teams, obviously sort of a dream come true. Um, and now to be able to coach Canterbury is awesome uh, as well. Yeah, surreal. <laughs> Did you have a favourite player growing up? Andrew Burdens was my favourite oh. when I was young. <laughs> Just loved the way he played. And he, he, was, he lived in Kaipo for a bit, so being from Kaipo, um, there was that connection there and you just loved the way he played and um, the player he was. Yeah, fair. What is it like travelling to lots of places? What are the good things and what are the bad things? Yeah, I guess that's one of the bonuses of footy. It, it takes you around the world and you see some awesome places. Um, go to cities you otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to go to. 
Um, I guess especially when you're young, it's awesome as you get older. I've got four kids now, so the as you have children and sort of the time away from them, that becomes more challenging, I guess. Um, and I guess as well, you don't want to sound like you take it for granted, but you know, when you've been doing it for a while, the novelty starts to wear off of, of sort of living out of a suitcase. Um, but at the same time, it's it's one of the great things about footy is the the fact it takes you around the world, takes you to some amazing places, you know, amazing cities, amazing stadiums you get to play in. Um, and, you know, it's the beauty of, of rugby being a, a world game, global game. What yeah. was your favourite place that you travelled to? Uh, good question. Um, probably Chicago with the All Blacks and... I love the states for the sort of sports they do in America, and um, yeah, it was awesome to go and experience Chicago and just how they do sort of sports and, and everything about Chicago was awesome. Did you play a bit of American football? We went and watched a game when we were there, which was awesome. We oh. watched the NBA. Sort of did that whole got all those off off field experiences as well, which uh, made it pretty cool. Oh. What are your thoughts on Canterbury's season so far? This year's MPC seems really competitive. Yeah, I think it is really competitive. I think for us personally, just a little bit inconsistent. We play some good footy and then um, let ourselves down at times with, with simple errors and that. But I think we're growing our game. Um, we obviously come through a difficult period with three games in a week and a couple of results didn't go our way, but there were some positive signs. So there's only a couple of rounds left now, so we're kind of at the time for working stuff out quickly running out but I think there's some good signs we just need to finishing touches on a few things and, and just be a little bit more consistent in a couple of areas but we've got all the sort of pieces here it's about putting them together now con- consistently and over the full 80 minutes hmm. Have you always wanted to be a coach after playing? I guess probably not the start of my career when you're, when you're young it's probably not something you think about so much but as you get older and you have more kind of involvement in the game plan or, or you're more connected with the coaches and during the week around what's important and you kind of get a little insight into the coaching side of it. Always enjoyed that side of it. So from the, certainly from the later part of my career, um, being a coach was something that I certainly uh, had ideas of doing and then to sort of get involved a little bit and quite enjoyed it and, you know, very thankful the way it's unfolded that I've kind of been able to go straight finish playing into coaching. It's worked out really well, but... Um, yeah, the back end of my career was certainly something that I enjoyed being involved in that with the coaches working around different stuff and then sort of getting to coaching has been really good. Did you always want to coach Canterbury? Yeah, I guess to be able to coach a team that I'd play, I'd been involved, you know, I'd supported as a kid, I was passionate about, I'd played for, had some great memories with, uh, was awesome to come back and be able to coach them, yeah. You played for Canterbury. Is it now pretty cool to be them? Their coach, yeah, it is very grateful for the opportunity. As I touched on this before, like it's a team that special to me and had a lot of lot of great memories playing with. Um, and now to be able to to be back involved in the environment's awesome. When you sort of go away from the environment, you realise how good it is. Sometimes when you're stuck in there, you can take it for granted at times. But I think having been away from it for a number of years and then come back in a coaching capacity, you realise how special it is and how lucky an environment it is. So to be back involved, coaching's awesome and, uh, you know, learning plenty along the way, but really enjoying my time there and love being back involved with Canary Rugby, that's for sure. Yeah. Who do you look up to and why? Uh, that's a good question. Um, 
I don't know. I guess my older brother, you always look up to the, your siblings. Um, you know, when you're when you're younger, you're kind of always chasing them, um, and that pushes you. And then, yeah, I guess through that, it kind of helps get you on the path to, you know, certainly for me to to being a good rugby player and made me want to work hard. And he always pushed me to to work hard. So I think you know his kind of. Him being older and me always chasing him and him pushing me certainly um, helped me get to where I got to. My favourite food is fried chicken. Shout out to Bobby Wayne at CNC Chicken and Cornbread. Describe your favourite meal. My favourite food is probably like a chicken avocado mayonnaise sandwich. Oh, yeah. um, nice fresh bread, like katsu chicken, um, avocado and mayonnaise is... Can't beat a, a good sandwich. Oh, yeah. Have you been to Bobby? No, where is it? Uh, Bexley Garage in uh, New Brighton. Oh yeah, you recommend it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real good. Saturday. I have, I have to try it out. Wednesday so. to Saturday. Wednesday to Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. From like hey. eleven thirty until he sells sells out. Okay, I have to try it. Yeah. yeah. What is the biggest challenge being a professional sports person? Um, I think there's a number, but. Sort of looking, getting your body right week to week, particularly when you're in season, um, that process. And it's something I guess you learn as you become more experienced around what's crucial for you in a week so that you recover, get yourself right, get through like what's important for the training during the week. So that come the next game, you're really able to perform consistently. I think it's a big one. You can, you know, it's easy to play one good game, but to be able to be consistent and play week in, week out. Um, at a consistent level and, and kind of be able to be relied on by your teammates is a massive thing in professional sports. And I think like, you, you certainly know teammates that you can rely on and you trust that each week they're going to be, they've done their work and they know what they need to do to get themselves right for that week. Yeah. You played in the 2019 Rugby World Cup. What was that experience like in Japan? And do you have any predictions for this year's World Cup? It was awesome um, to be involved in the World Cup. Obviously, the result wasn't what we're after, but the whole the whole tournament. Obviously, Japan is an amazing place, and the fans were awesome and um, great culture and great support. Uh, and the World Cup special, the pressure, the 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 games are, are special. You know, it's once every four years, so so much goes into getting it right, and it comes down to a few moments. Um, so that was awesome to be a part of obviously disappointing with how it unfolded but to be a part of it was you know a great memory and any uh, any predictions it's going to be tough I think the side of the draw the All Blacks from the quarterfinals is going to be tough France Ireland New Zealand and South Africa all on that side only two of those teams can get through so I think whatever two of those teams get through will make the final um you know, I'm confident the All Blacks can get it right. Mm. Obviously, France result was disappointing, but they had a few players out. They've got time now to address any issues they have there, and I think they've still got the personnel when they're humming to get the job done. Mm. Uh, did you watch All Blacks play in Namibia? Yeah, watched that game, and you know, it's always hard, I guess, to take too much from those games when they're so dominant. But there was some, you know, some people put their hand up, and and that's what you want in those games, where perhaps other people get opportunities. Is, they put their people put their hands up and um, make it difficult for the coaches around selection. It keeps the squad competitive and make, keeps everyone on their toes so that 
they know when they do play, they have to perform well if they want to keep their spot. Yeah. Cam Roy Garden, Lister were yeah. really good. Yeah, exactly. They just, certainly two people that put their hand up for, you know, the games going forward. Yeah, there was a big difference between the French game and Namibia. But, well, because Namibia are, well, they're, well, they're not against the All Blacks because All Blacks are much up, much higher and much better. Even to see that uh, in the French game there was a lot of kicking and stuff and giving them back the ball against Namibia, they were holding on to it, running it from deep, and when they do kick it, it's a cross field tactically. It was, yeah, it was much better. Yeah, there was, and I think, but I think as well, it's there's that balance. They wouldn't have had the same defensive pressure from Namibia mm. that you did from France. So, yeah. it's that balance, but it's yeah, it's where you kick, how you kick. But also, if you're not kicking, what are your options? You know, how set are you to attack? And all those little things that go into giving you a real balanced attack so that you've got all options on and you're hard to kind of, you're not predictable. So um, it opens up all the opportunities. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who makes it out of Australia's pool considering they just lost the yeah, PG. Exactly. That's be- that's great for the World Cup. Um, upsets like that, that's what it's all about. Teams on the big stage rising to the occasion and Fiji's certainly done that they were very impressive and um, yeah puts Aussie under a fair bit of pressure that Aussie Wales game's going to be massive now and they recently beat England as well yeah exactly they're in good form they're they're confident and playing good footy Mm. they're doing well what advice would you give to young people that would like to make sport their career I think you've just got to you've got to enjoy the training if you can't just enjoy the game like the game's a fun part but you've got to enjoy the hard work and and be prepared to do it by yourself. If you have to wait for a coach to push you, you're never probably going to make it. You know, you need to be self-driven. Um, enjoy the journey. Like, don't just be so caught up in the end performance. Enjoy the journey to get to that performance and enjoy the kind of work that goes into getting there. Um, but, yeah, I think being self-driven and enjoying the hard work and kind of knowing knowing the hard work pays off but knowing that, that it's part of it and you have to enjoy that you can't just enjoy the games or the or the, the races or, or whatever it is support you in the if you enjoy the training enjoy that side of it and are self-motivated and don't need someone to push you to train you know it goes a long way yeah what are your goals for the next two years um i think you know early in my coaching career it's just to continue to get better uh, continue to learn, um, you know, just work hard. It's sort of that. I think if you work hard and you and you ask ask the questions of the people that know more than you do, and be open to taking feedback, um, it helps you in that sort of path and in, in development. But you know, and I've got a lot of learning to do in coaching. But you know, I'm prepared to work hard and happy to take on. Any advice and feedback, um, you know, from fellow coaches and stuff. So, yeah, excited, excited by what the next couple of years hold. Yeah. My favourite players are Rich Mwanga, Sevi Reese, Adi Sabia, Billy Harmon, and Grace Brooker. Who is your favourite player and why? Yeah, I think at the moment it's probably Richie. Um, you know what he does for the Crusaders is. You know, he's won, he's won the many big game. I think the way he steps up in the big moments is massive. He wants the ball in his hand when it matters most. Um, he loves the kind of, he loves the occasion, loves the pressure. And I think it's exciting to kind of see what he does at this World Cup. You know, he's in prime 
part of his career playing great footy mm. understands the strengths and uh, you know I'm excited to sort of see how he goes over the next few weeks certainly the number one ten yeah yeah has to be yeah <laughs> at Al Tafiti, we are a part of Air Two Tangata which is about helping people understand and tackle tall poppy syndrome. You have value, others matter, and we succeed together are the three elements of Etu Tangata. Have any of these elements played a role in your sporting career and how? Yeah, I think a lot of them, like, uh, you have value, you've got to understand your value and what you bring. Like, often people in sport compare themselves to someone else and I need to do this because they do it, but know your strengths and know what you're good at and you're different to that person and it's not about comparing you to that, you know, to someone else. Um, and I think it's a big one, understand your own game or understand how you operate. That goes a long way to for you being successful. And we succeed together. Being involved in team sport, doesn't matter how good you are, if you're not, if your team isn't as good, if you can't connect well with your team, if you can't help your team be better, then it's not really going to matter what you achieve. So I think, I think that's the beauty of team sport that you work hard together, you grow together as a team, you succeed together or you fail together and that's, um, you know, that's why team sport's so good, you're, you're on that ride as a group um, and to see individually you grow but the team grow as a whole and is what, is, is what uh, team sport's so great for. Yeah. I really like putting on big hits, what's your favourite thing? Smashing people, scoring tries, turning over the ball. Or something else? I guess for me, when I played, like I took my greatest satisfaction of just knowing that you'd done the job that you kind of was required of you from your team, that if you could walk off the field at the end of the game and be able to look your teammates in the eye and know that you'd given all your effort, um, you'd done what you said you were going to do, and that you'd left all your effort out there, win or lose, you could sort of hold your head high, and I think that's, that was always where I got my greatest satisfaction from, was, yeah, just been that feeling at the end of the game of exhaustion, but particularly, and obviously when you win, having got the result that you worked so hard for during the week, and that you worked so hard for in that game, is um, is what I used to love about the game. You've played with some of the greatest players of all time, like Richard McCaw, Sam Wylock and Dan Carter. What gives them such the such an extra edge? I think just the work they put in during the week. Um, you don't get performances like they. Those guys have over such a long period of time by chance. It's hard work, it's commitment, it's you know nailing all the little things during the week. No shortcuts. They're in early, they leave late. They're real diligent in their preparation. Um, they know what's important to them during the week. You know, mentally really strong, so that you know, often during the season you're not at a hundred percent. You're carrying niggles, but you still have to get the work done. Um, so that come game day, you're prepared, and then in game day, you know, when you're hurting, to be able to push through and and still deliver for your team. You know, is what guys like you mentioned. You know that separates them from sort of others when when they're hurting when when it's going against and they still find a way to get the job done. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Did you get nervous before games? Yeah, absolutely, I did. Um, I think it's the older you get, the kind of better you are at dealing with nerves. And and for me, I always took great uh, set or what what helped me sort of with my nerves was knowing I'd done the work during the week, so I could trust 
Um, I trusted preparation. That gave me confidence that, you know, even if something went against me, I, I'd done the work, so I was confident going into that game and was able to deal with the nerves knowing that I'd sort of pre- I prepared well for it and was ready for the, for the occasion. Do you get nervous being a coach before a game? I wouldn't say nervous. I mean, I think like it's a different type of nerves. It's you're nervous more around have I got the week right? Have I given the team everything they need? Whereas when you're playing, it's that nerves of you're going to have to put your body through. What you're going to have to put your body through, that physical challenge that's coming up, um, that pressure you're going to have to deal with. Like that's different coaching because you're not out. You're not able to. Um, have that impact on the game, but it's more nerves, or it's more, is it nerves, or there's that, you know, have I got the week right? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of that game day yeah. feeling. Yeah. Mm. Well, everyone gets nervous on game day, even me watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you could coach any team, what would it be and why? Um, I guess Canterbury and the Crusaders are, because I played for them and they mean a lot to me to be able to. Be back involved with them as a coach is, is a dream. So it's, um, yeah, it's awesome. Do you look to be an assistant coach or a head coach of the Crusaders ever? I'm, I'm the assistant coach of the Crusaders next year. So. Oh, exciting. Well, yeah, it will be, be exciting. It'll be a good challenge, but one that um, I'm looking forward to. And, um, you know, I know it'll be a challenge, but yeah, excited to be back involved with the Crusaders. Hmm. Be hard without Scott Robertson. Yeah, exactly. What. What he's done is incredible and, um, you know, there's no replacing him, but at the same time it's an exciting challenge and a challenge that drives the best out of you and, and gets you excited. Mm. It'll be fun. Yeah. Are you excited to be working next to Rob Penny? Yeah, he was my first coach for Canterbury, so to sort of come full circle and he be the first head coach that I'm working under for the Crusaders is quite quite cool and got a good relationship with Pens and yeah, excited to... Be able to work with him next season, that's for sure. Mm. What's your favourite ice cream flavour? Uh, probably goody-goody gumdrops. Did you always used to just sit there and eat the gumdrops yeah, out? Yeah, always find them and eat them, yeah. I don't sell them in the tubs anymore. Do they not? Nah, you can only get them at dairies from the oh, big yeah. ones. Yeah, they don't sell it in a tub anymore. Why is that, though? Um, I'm pretty sure they do. They don't sell that or cookies and cream anymore because of how much it costs to make them, oh, like with not, all the yeah, ingredients yeah. with the gumdrops and cookies and stuff. I think you get like a ice cream though, like a one on a stick. Oh yeah, that's one of the goodies. Yeah, that's what oh, my yeah. dad usually gets. <laughs> what does it feel like to win a Super Rugby Championship? Yeah, it's awesome. Particularly, I think um, for me, like I grew up a Crusaders fan, watching them win Super Rugby Championships. And then I'd played for the Crusaders for a number of years and hadn't won a Super Rugby. So to win in 2017 over in Joburg was awesome. It's probably my, what is my greatest rugby uh, memory? Um, In that team was guys I'd played a lot of footy with as well. So to win alongside them was awesome. And um, over in Johannesburg as well, the crowd, the atmosphere was awesome. And to win there was something I'll never forget, that's for sure. Where do you store your medals and important rugby stuff? Just in boxes, really, at home, to be fair. It's probably it's probably something, personally, that you'll probably look back on when you're, when you're older and um, as your kids get older, maybe. Like, at the moment, it's kind of just... Well, most of my stuff is just stored in kind of boxes around home. Um, 
and I guess it's probably something as you get a bit older you, you'll bring out later in life but um, yeah at the moment they're just collecting dust really Do your kids know that you're quite the athlete? Well my oldest daughter's 11 so she watched a bit of my career the others like the others are 7, 5 and 2 so they probably don't know as much um, but they know I'm coaching now and stuff so they know I played rugby yeah Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember watching you when I was younger. Mm. I used to play as you on the Xbox 360. Oh, did I have good stats? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you are a great player, but sometimes other players were picked in front of you. How did you keep motivated in those situations? I think it just, um, like, you can't let someone else's opinion impact on you and your performance. Um you know, obviously you want to make teams, but if you if you can't make them at the end of the day, that comes down to someone's opinion or, or what was best for that team, and you don't let that affect you. You keep, you know, obviously you take their feedback on board or you keep working hard, but don't let it change what you're doing or who you are. And, you know, you keep those same goals. You kind of use it as motivation to work a little bit harder. Um, but, yeah, I don't think you get, like, you don't get down on it or, you know... It, at the end of the day, you're going to make teams, you're not going to make teams. It's, it doesn't define who you are. It just, um, you know, use it as a little bit of motivation chip on your shoulder if you want, but don't let that take away from, you know, who you are and what you're doing, I guess. Yeah. What was it like living and playing in Japan? Yeah, it was cool. Like a fair, ch- a fair chunk of my time in Japan was sort of through COVID. Japan was quite strict with COVID and whatnot, so that was a little bit tough. But, yeah, cool place to live, great people, the culture's awesome. A lot of the games you play there are daytime games. You know, play 12 o'clock kickoff sometimes. So you're up and into it early and you're not sort of spending all day waiting around for a game like you are here quite often. Um, but yeah, love Japan. It was awesome place. Great culture. Rugby's fun over there. It's sort of chuck the ball around. It's a little bit looser. And rugby back in New Zealand. And, um, you know, you meet great people over there. And, you know, had a great time over there. Uh, what was your favourite food to eat in Japan? Um, probably ramen. Oh, yeah. Ramen spot. What was your least favourite? I don't know. I'm not really a big fish eater, so all the sushi yeah. sort of fish sushi. So, yeah. um, yeah, probably the sushi I'm not a fan of. I prefer Westernised sushi far more. <laughs> was there a big difference in uh, the skill level from New Zealand to Japan? Uh, I wouldn't say the skill level. I'd probably say the ability to maintain the intensity of the game is definitely different over over there like it starts hard and fast but their ability it's getting better now like as you're getting exposed they're getting kind of you know high level players coming in and whatnot but probably their ability to maintain the level for a long time is different from New Zealand like that their drop off particularly second halves can be quite Drastic. The intensity. Like, yeah, the intensity, exactly. Yeah. Like they, they struggle to maintain that for 80 minutes sometimes. Some teams do, but there's definitely a, a gulf from the top to the sort of bottom teams. Mm. Mm. There is an older guy that sits on the end of the bench at the Canterbury Games. He seems to have the best job on earth. Who is he and what does he do? That'll be Foxy. He's the logistics gear man. He's been around forever, I don't know, 2000. He'd been close to 20 years he's been involved with Canterbury and the Crusaders. Um, and he, he makes sure that you know you've got all the stuff you need um, if anyone needs something on game day makes so it takes the stress out if you forget something he'll he'll have something there to help you if you 
need your boots changed or your sprigs changed or you need some tape or you need just all the stuff that if you forget it can throw you out on game day he'll make sure that's all there and all the jerseys and all the kits there and um you know he's been involved in the game for so long he's got so much wisdom to share and people like that i think are, are vital for this sort of cohesion of the team he's seen so many changing sheds so many different teams um you know he knows if something's a little bit off or you know if something's working well he's he's just got such a great sense for the team and, and what's important and he just allows the players to just be able to worry about rugby not be worried if they forget something or are they going to have the rank they need he just makes it run seamlessly cool yeah. mm. sounds fun yeah. yeah he's a key part of the team though <laughs> yeah well, that's it for the interview. We'd like to say thanks for coming and talking to us. We realise you're super busy and we really appreciate you giving up some of your spare time to chat with us. We love hearing from amazing sports people, hearing about their day-to-day lives and about how sport can have a positive impact on them. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. No, thank you. Thank you. This is The Huddle. Sports, passion, positivity. Next time you're at the beach, why don't you head along to Pear People at 103 Seaview Road, New Brighton, Christchurch. At Pear People, you can find great quality clothing items, amazing art from local artists, and stunning virtual reality experiences. If you need something printed on a t-shirt or hoodie, Pear People are the best people for the job. Shop local and head down to Pear People. Yeah, man, it's that boy Bobby Wayne, man. You know how he does it, man. Coming to you live, my chicken coop. CNC baby, hello. Go check out Bobby Wayne at CNC Chicken and Cornbread. You'll find him at Bexter Garage on Pages Road. Bobby opens at 11:30 till he's sold out Wednesday to Saturday. <laughs>